So what I'm going to talk about tonight is, um, you mentioned the scripture Isaiah 54. So I thought, well, why not go with that? Someone brought that up again today at Church Own. I thought, that's interesting. So we'll go see what Holy Spirit says about that. Um, before we do, um, I wrote something down here. And uh, sorry, bass player, I don't know what your name is. What's your name? Okay. Well, I'd, uh, whilst I was sat there enjoying, my, enjoying the work, praise and worship, God gave me something for you. And uh, the, part, the, part, the first question was, why doesn't God speak to me? And, uh, and this is what I believe God's saying to you, that he is speaking to you right now. Not that I'm God, obviously, I'm just passing the message on to him from uh, him upstairs. And that you've got yourself stuck in a bit of a rut, which has caused you to get a bit down, a little fed up, and a bit depressed. But God wants to tell you that he really loves you. God needs you. You do matter to him. And God is actually proud of you when you faithfully serve him each week doing this. Even actually, let's be honest, there's times where you really don't want to. <laughs> let's be honest. And also, I felt God say that a rocket that goes nowhere needs no fuel. And if you want to go somewhere in God, then you need to pursue him. And there's a scripture in James that says, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. So God is giving you an invitation. He's saying, hey, I want to draw near to you. But I want you, like a lover, to make the first step and draw near to me. So God said, if you draw near to me, I will super abundantly draw near to you. Okay? And God said, don't worry about the things that you've been wrestling with and the things that you've been struggling with, because you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. And it's not by might, and it's not by power, but it's by his Holy Spirit. And the quicker that we all learn to do things by his might and by his spirit, and less in our own flesh, the more victory we'll have in our life. Okay? So God is for you. God is not against you. All right? Nothing like embarrassing someone, is it? So, um, sorry about that, but that's why I just felt the uh, Holy Spirit wants to say there. I'll just put this back on. So I believe God wants to speak to a few of us tonight, so that's why we're just going to keep the music going. Uh, Elisha, the prophet, um, sometimes when he wants to prophesy, he got hold of a minstrel to uh, play some music, got some, whip out some hill song, get him in the mood, and uh, get him in the prophet zone, and then off, off he went and prophesied. So let's, um, let's go to Isaiah 54. 45. 45, thank you. 45. See, someone's paying attention, just checking. Yeah. Verse 2. Amen. Well, we'll start at verse 1. Okay. Thus says the Lord to his anointed, to Cyrus, whose right hand I have grasped, to subdue nations before him, and strip kings of their robes, to open doors before him, and the gates shall not be closed. I will go before you and level the mountains. I will break in pieces the doors of bronze and cut through the door the bars of iron. I will give you the treasures of darkness and riches hidden in secret places so that you may know that it is I the Lord the God of Israel who calls you by name. Now just from a theological point of view this is the only time in the whole Bible where the word anointed or Christos in the Greek or Mashiach in the Hebrew is used over a Gentile. And if you knew that. So here he says to his Christos, to his Mashiach, to his anointed one, to Cyrus. 
Okay, that's the only time in all of scripture where a pagan king was given that title of an anointed one. I don't know if you knew that. That's interesting. So he was a significant man. But what God wants to say to us tonight is he wants to turn this around. He wants you to put your name in there. Thus says the Lord. So I'm going to put my name in there if you forgive me. Because actually, you know, we're moving into a new season spiritually. Everything's about to shift. And part of that shifting is that I believe that the church is coming. It's going to be a difficult time for the church. It's also going to be a time of great favour for Christians. And where things have not worked in the past and they have seemed to have not worked, they will work. And God wants to encourage his people. So let's put our own name in this now. Thus says the Lord to his anointed, to Chris, whose right hand I have grasped. Now I want you to think about that. God has got your right hand. He's taking you by the hand. And you can see that picture as a lover or as a father or as a brother, however you want to see it. But God is with you and he's got you right by the hand to subdue nations before him and strip kings of their robes. Part of the Abrahamic covenant is that we will possess the gates of our enemies. And the enemy has robbed many of us, if we're, not on, if we're honest with ourselves, in many areas, whether it be in health, vitality, in our spiritual walk, in our warfare going on in our families. But God wants to say to us tonight that he wants you to walk by faith on this. And that is he will and is and has given you the gates of your enemies. And he is not going to take your gates anymore. And he's not going to rob your household anymore and get in through your doorways. But from here on in, walking by faith, it is time for us as the church to rise up both individually and corporately and say, enough is enough, Mr. Devil. You will rob me no more. You will persecute me no more. You will afflict me no more. You will oppress me no more. Indeed, the strong man has been bound and we're going to come into the strong man's house and rob him. Because everything that he has, has been robbed. Those things which rightfully belong to us in the first place. To open doors before him and gates shall not be closed. Some of you have been waiting a long time for doors in your life to open. Amen. God wants to encourage you. you. You have had an enormous weight to carry over the years. And many times you felt alone, even abandoned sometimes. But Father would say to you that He loves you. And He's sorry that you've had to go through many things that you've been through. But He wants you to know that He has never failed you. He's never forsaken you. And as you have suffered, so has he suffered as well. He knows your pain. He knows your anguish. And he knows your brokenheartedness. And God wants to minister to you right now. The scripture I'm getting is that he wants to give you a garment of praise. And no more ashes for mourning. 
He wants to give you a garment of praise. Amen. Would you like to wear that garment? Indeed. Amen. Lord, I pray you bless my sister, Lord God. Is this too good to be true, you're thinking? And the Lord would say to you, all things through Christ are possible. Amen. All things are possible. And Jesus is the carrier and the bearer of good news. Hallelujah. And he wants to give you good news. And give you strength. And give you hope. And give you a future where all you've seen is literally one day to the next to the next. God has plans for you. And you might think, I just don't see how that's even possible right now. Good. Because when the impossible is presented before you, like Abraham, who was not able at the most impossible point of his life to have children, he suddenly had children when it was impossible. God is the God of breakthrough and he's going to give you a breakthrough even though at this time it seems impossible. And God just, this is not a false hope. God wants you to hang on to that and be in faith and be in joy and hope against hope like it says in Romans chapter 4 that God's promises will surely come to pass. Amen. Amen. What's your name? Ian. Ian. Is that right if I put my hand on your shoulder? Yeah. yeah. I think God wants to say to you, Ian, that um, he wants to encourage you. You have a, a lovely little faith in him, but actually you hear God, but sometimes you're not sure about that. Sometimes you're hearing things, but you're just like not really paying attention to it. But it's a bit like Samuel when God spoke to Samuel in the middle of the night and Samuel kept getting up and going to see his father-in-law or his uh, stepdad, if you like, Eli, and say, well, you've called me, what do you want? And it's like, I didn't call you. And so God would say to you, I want you to listen to my still, small voice. I am speaking to you. And sometimes you almost perceive it, but you're not quite sure. But God would say to you, I want you to listen more carefully because I'm going to let you hear deep utterings of my spirit. And I'm going to give you great wisdom that's going to come out of your mouth that will astound people by this, these little nuggets that you're going to come out with because you have learned to hear my still small voice and hear the things that I am saying to you and that special gift that I've given to you and I want you to learn to hear and I want you to uh, remember those things that I tell you Amen Amen, Amen. Hallelujah So to open doors before him and the gates shall not be closed. How many people here have been trying to open some get doors for years and they've just never, never opened? Yeah? Never opened. But you know that they're supposed to open. You know with everything inside you that it's God's will for them to be open. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So what's your, what's your name? Sorry? Eagle. Eagle. Oh, pleased to meet you. Eagle? The eagle has landed. I feel God is saying to you that there is more to know of him than you, than you could ever even begin to imagine. Don't, don't settle for mediocrity. Don't just settle for the average. Don't just settle for the norm. God wants you to be like an eagle. Rise up on wings like eagles. And this might sound like super spiritual mumbo jumbo, but God is saying to you, you can go into the high places in him if you want to if you want to and God wants you to know as well that he is your father and he's a good father 
a good father, one that you can rely on, one that you can trust, one that won't hurt you, but that you can steadfastly trust in him. And God's giving you an invitation tonight, saying, look, son, from this day forward, come to me and come to know me more and more and more. And I will make you rise higher and higher and higher. And there's, there's things in God that you can touch and know that go beyond any form of intimacy with any human. And God wants you to know that, that he is here for you. He is your father. And as an eagle, it's time to rise. Amen. Hallelujah. Now, in verse 2, it's really interesting because, you see, as Christians, we love doing things in our own strength, do we not? We're really good at it too, aren't we? Aren't we? We're all good at doing things in our own strength. Hallelujah, glory. Oh, yes, we've all done it. Yes, amen. But here it says, I will go before you. So often in my life, <laughs> I've run ahead of God. Yeah, and uh, try, you know, he said to me that I want you to do such and such. So like, boom, I'm there. And he's like, yeah, yeah, that's in 10 years time. <laughs> yeah, but I'm there, I'm there, I'm there. And it's like, you didn't have the maturity. You didn't have the, 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 the understanding. And, I, and I, I feel the Spirit is saying right now that a lot of you have suffered in your life in various different ways. You have suffered and it's been painful for you. One of the things that charismatics don't talk about anymore, don't ever talk about any time, is the mysteries of the sufferings of Christ. To put it succinctly, just in a way that maybe you might be able to understand, because it is a difficult teaching for the church to understand, but it's in there, Paul says about the fellowship of Christ's sufferings and things like that, that actually there is a place through your suffering that you can grow closer to God. I'm not saying um, Jesus wants you sick so you can get to know him. That's not what I'm saying. But I am saying that in the midst of our suffering and turmoil, both emotionally and physically, we can touch something of the divine in that we can relate to Christ's sufferings. When we read the Psalms and we, and we speak and we read these words about, you know, how he's gone through these torturous places and how his God has forsaken him and stuff. In these things, we can relate to God. I remember this woman, she said she was on an operating theatre and she was being operated on and uh, she had a, a really nasty problem that to literally gut her out basically and take everything out and stuff. But, but as that was going on, she had this vision and in this vision she saw Christ on the cross but then she was overlaid over the top of him, with him and she suddenly knew that A, that she was going to be alright because Christ was going to heal her but somehow she in that moment empathized with Christ in a way that she'd never understood before in the sufferings of Christ. So even the things that you've gone through, even the pain and the suffering you've gone through, these are not wasted things. But actually, these are things which are sometimes beneficial to where God wants you to go. You know, for me, in the moving in the prophet, prophetic, I had to learn God's heart for his church. Because prophets can be quite nasty to the church. They point the finger. But actually God's heart is not like that. God's heart is a pastoral good shepherd towards his church. And so the prophetic must always be balanced with the pastoral. And here God is saying, I will go before you and level the mountains. I will break in pieces the doors of bronze and cut through the bars of iron. In other words, God will make a way where there is no way. Amen. Amen. And some of us have had iron bars 
right in front of our faces, right in front of our lives, for year on year on year on year. And God is saying, I am going to go before you and I will break down those bars and I will kick open those gates. And I, where there is no way, I will make a way, says the Lord. Because I love you. And I am the good shepherd, says the Lord. And I am for my people. And I'm not against my people. In the Psalms it says, rise up, O Lord. Rise up, O Lord. Which is a psalm which is what they used to say when they carried the Ark of the Covenant aloft into battle. Rise up, O Lord. Rise up. And many of us have been praying that prayer, if we are honest with ourselves. God, please. Will you please, Lord, rise up? Will you please stand up? Will you please come against my enemies? Will you please, Lord, stand up for me? Will you please come through? Will you please break, make breakthrough? God is saying, I am now aloft and going before you. Like the Ark of the Covenant went before the soldiers, the priests carried the Ark of the Covenant and they went out to war. And this is what God is going to do in this hour, in these days that we're coming into. You see, everything is changing. The seasons are shifting. Even the spiritual governance of this country has changed. Seals have taken place. All amazing things that are going on in the natural, which are representative of things that are going on in the heavenlies. I will give you treasures of darkness and riches hidden in secret places. What does that mean? It means that God is going to reveal things to you, personally, to you. Intimate, private things, the secret places. God wants to take us to a place in Him, which is a wonderful secret place. It says in Psalm 91 about uh, abiding under the shadow of Shaddai in the secret place. And God wants to take you to that secret place. And that's a place of intimacy. It's not a place of religious fervor. It's not a place of, you know, absolutely 100% correct doctrine. It's a place where we are resting in the goodness and the counsel of God. And we are in love with him. And we receive from him his love and drink that cup to the fullness of his beauty and of his glory and how he loves us. And Jesus would say to us, guys, you've got to start looking at yourself through the eyes that I see you. Stop looking at the eyes of failure, of your past. You can't, you know, when, when you go to Alcoholics Anonymous, they say, hi, I'm Barry whatever, and I'm an alcoholic. That's not your identity. God is saying your past is not your identity. That doesn't define you. Don't be held by chains that of the past that you feel that's, that's kind of made you who you are and you are a product of your past. You're not a product of your past. You are not an accident. You are a product of the kingdom of God and you are free in Jesus' name. Your identity is found in how he sees you, not how others have seen you or how you have seen yourself in the past. And Jesus wants you to walk in the freedom of that. He would say to you as well, it will take some practice to do that. That means when you go back to the old way of looking at yourself, that you have to re-establish that balance and say, no, I'm not that. That's not my identity. My identity is I'm a daughter of the living God and he is a good Amen. father and he loves me Preacher. and that's my identity. Amen? No longer I'm an alcoholic or I'm this or I'm that. It's got nothing to do with it because you're a new creation in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 
and you. <laughs> I don't get this for very, for very many people, but I felt God saying, you're a handmaiden. Handmaiden. Now, this is, this is a title I believe God only gives to certain women. And, and it's like, uh, I, know, I know this might sound odd coming from me, um, but it's almost like God has called you to be a, let's say, a charismatic Pentecostal nun. Where, but it's, it's like you have, God has called you to a life to be almost like chaste unto him. And that you wear a wedding ring because you are married to your Jesus. And he is your bridegroom. And you are his bride. And he just wants to commend you and, and it confirm to you that you are a handmaiden of the Lord. And that you have a place of intimacy with him that not many people do. And so the title handmaiden of the Lord is not for everybody. Um, but God wants to confirm that to you that you are a handmaiden of the Lord. And he just wants to tell you that, encourage you. And wear that ring with pride. In a godly way, of course. <laughs> Hallelujah. I will give you the treasures of darkness and riches hidden in secret places so that you may know that it is I, the Lord, the God of Israel, who call you by your name. And your name was mentioned at the first verse. Thus says the Lord to his anointed to insert your name. God is going to show you wonderful things in the secret place. Jesus is going to come to you again soon. And when he speaks to you again, it's going to be a very defining moment for you. At the moment, you've had lots of words that kind of are like jigsaw pieces and they kind of still not all quite fit together yet. And you mess around with them and you ponder on them and you try and put them back there. They're still not, they don't make the picture yet. As I don't understand. You've told me this, you told me this, but this doesn't form the full picture. But I believe the next time Jesus is going to have an, in, uh, uh, an audience with you, that he's going to make things very clear. But it's going to be quite a serious word that he's going to bring to you because it means everything has to change. But when he comes, you'll already be waiting and expecting and your heart will be ready. And then he will give you the last piece of the puzzle and it will all slot together and then you shall know what to do and how to do it. Amen. Hallelujah. God is good. God's going to give us the treasures of darkness. That, that might seem an odd thing to say, but it's not. It's God hides himself in darkness, it says in the scriptures. Although he's shrouded in light, he also hides himself in darkness. And you see, God wants to bring us into this place that no one else can see. It's not for public display. Lovers are not lovers in public, they're lovers in private. And God wants you and inviting you to the bridal chamber. I, and I don't normally use this language, so I'm just trying to, as Spirit show me, I'm just trying to convey it. He's inviting us all, individually and as a church, to the bridal chamber. So that in that place of darkness, there can be intimacy and tenderness. And that the Spirit of God will love on us and reveal things to us in ways that you have never seen in your Bible. That the scriptures will come to life in a whole new way that you've never experienced. 
The Bible says that the word of God is living and active. And it will be like these streams of light and dancing coming off the page as it, in, as it literally in tapestries itself into your very heart. And as you become grafted to the word and the word grafts into you. This is the intimacy. Becoming one with the word. Not that you and I become God in flesh, but that at somehow in some mysterious way, in a similar way, that God comes inhabits our flesh in a more dynamic, more powerful, more beautiful way, more intimate, more close, more real, more powerful, more dynamic. And if individuals can collectively do that, the church will be a force to be reckoned with. She will have signs and wonders because she has gone through the crucible of fire. It's not about the glory of man or the entertainment of people. It will be, we are here because we love God and he loves us and we are his beloved and he is pleased for his presence to be amongst us. Hallelujah. 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 Brian. <laughs> Hallelujah. I just feel God wants to say to you, and this might be a simple thing, but he loves you. Amen. And you've been kind of picked on all your life. And people, you know, and and you've almost sometimes felt ashamed of who you are. And Jesus wants to say to you, I break that off you right now. I break those undeserved curses over you right now. And I want you to know that you are my beloved son. Amen. And I love you just the way you are. I love you just the way you are. You're my little boy. And I want you to see now forever your identity. That's That's who you are. Brian, you are God's little boy. And you're not an accident to him. And you're not a mishap to him. But you are beautiful to him. And he loves you. All right. Hallelujah. Praise God. So let's just recap what's said tonight. I I just believe that tonight, you know, God just wanted, you know, I had a a message which I gave this afternoon, but I felt God say, you know, you guys need to be encouraged. You don't want to be given another sermon. It's like, you must do. (laughs) You just need to be encouraged. And I feel that's what God wants to do. Thus says the Lord to his anointed to, insert your name, whose right hand I have grasped. And that's like a father. I remember seeing this program once and um, there was a beautiful image of this little boy going down to the beach with his father. But it was just a silhouette of the two with the sun coming through the silhouette. And it was a little boy just holding his hand up with his daddy walking with him side by side. And every time I see that picture, It just brings tears to my eyes because that's the truth that we have in Christ Jesus is that we have a daddy we have an Abba father that we can hold on to and he leads us to open doors before us gates that will no longer be closed in our face but God will go before us and level the mountains Break in pieces those bronze doors 
that have resisted us for so many years and cut through the bars of iron. And God will give us treasures of darkness and riches hidden in secret places so that we may know that it is I, the Lord, your Father, the God of Israel, who has called you by your name. Amen. Jesus, we thank you for this speaking to us tonight and we thank you for this message. And as Phil God would say, you must receive this message by faith and walk in it by faith. Like Abraham walked in the promises by faith, even when it seemed utterly impossible. That's when the miracle took place. And many of you are in the impossible right now. And when it's impossible, that's when God the Father likes to do things. Because he is a God of the impossible. Because that which is improbable and impossible is possible with God. Because all things are possible to God. And all things are possible to him who believes that he can. And that God is a rewarder of those that believe that he can. So let's believe. Let's trust. Let's be thankful. And look forward to our deliverance, our victory, and our breakthrough, and our intimacy with him. In Jesus' name, Amen. Amen.